Welcome to a new edition of the Balaterals.org podcast, where we discuss the most recent development around free trade agreements. On September 9th, the United States and 13 Indo-Pacific countries agreed on parameters for negotiating the Indo-Pacific economic framework. They agreed on key outlines for negotiating four major pillars of a future agreements, namely trade, including data flows and labor rights, supply chains, green energy and environmental standards, and anti-corruption measures. India said it would opt out of the trade pillar. The government claimed that the benefits to India were unclear and that it wanted to avoid any conditions that would harm developing countries. Civil society groups from across the region are concerned that the digital trade part will reflect the agenda of the US big tech corporations. Also within the trade pillars, it seems very likely that discussions on agriculture will focus on increased market access and the non-tariff issues, such as technical barriers to trade and sanitary and phytosanitary measures, which are the requisite for increasing market entry. US agribusiness hopes that removing these barriers will increase their exports to um, the Indo-Pacific countries. US agribusiness also hopes that IPEF members sign on to the Convention of 1991 of the International Union for the Protection of New Plant Varieties, known as UPOV-91. When the country becomes a member of UPOV-91, it must comply with strict rules which protect the interests of the seed industry and restrict farmers' use of seeds. Ahead of the ministerial IPEF meeting in Los Angeles, the civil society groups have criticized the opacity around the negotiations. Thailand and the European Free Trade Association, known as EFTA, have accelerated free trade talks. After a first round of talks in June, an EFTA parliamentary committee visited Thailand earlier, earlier this month to further discuss economic ties between the two sides. EFTA usually demands that its FTA clauses oblige the partners to introduce strict plant variety protection regulations that are in line with the UPOV 91 convention. But in Switzerland, which is part of EFTA, the SEEDS coalition demanded that EFTA should not push for a UPOV clause in the trade deal with Thailand. The coalition said that Thailand's already got a plant variety protection act that balances intellectual property rights with farmers' rights and the protection of biodiversity, and that the introduction of new regulations in line with UPOV 91 would have negative consequences on small-scale farmers, the local food security, and the environment. An international campaign has been calling for UPOV 91 to be dismantled since 2021. In August, on the occasion of the German Chancellor's visit to Canada, Civil society groups from Canada and Germany signed a joint statement to stop the ratification of the trade deal between the EU and Canada, known as CETA. While most parts of CETA have been provisionally applied in Europe and Canada for nearly five years now, the agreement's controversial investment protection provisions have not. Germany's ruling coalition recently announced its intention to ratify CETA with minor interpretative notes to the main agreement text 
aiming to bar climate-related arbitration claims from investor protections. But the civil society groups have condemned this process. And if you look at the history of free trade agreement, interpretative or additional notes on the side of an FTA text have never stopped negative consequences and negative impact of trade deals. You may remember that in 1992, Bill Clinton pushed to add a side agreement on labor and environmental protection in the North American Free Trade Agreement, but that did not prevent environmental and workers' rights abuse during the 25 years the treaty was in place. In Africa, actual trading under the African Continental Free Trade Area is set to start between eight countries, namely Cameroon, Egypt, Kenya, Mauritius, Rwanda, Tanzania, Tunisia, and Ghana. So far, 54 countries have signed the IFCFTA agreement, but most governments are still negotiating their tariff offers and their rules of origin. Meanwhile, China has removed tariffs on 98 products imported from nine African countries in a bid to secure its imports of agricultural products, minerals, and hydrocarbons. This in the context of the major disruption in global supply chains that the world has been facing. But some African voices are concerned that these African countries prefer to export most of their cash crops, such as cocoa or cotton, and some agricultural products to China for short-term profits and without longer-term considerations. They say it would reduce the scope of trade that African countries could have had with one another or even within the framework of the IFCFTA. And finally, on September 10th, farmers protested worldwide against the World Trade Organization and Free Trade Agreements as part of La Via Campesina mobilizations. On September 10th, 2003, Lee Kyung-hae, who was a small-scale rice producer from South Korea, committed suicide outside the building where a WTO meeting was taking place in Cancun, Mexico, to protest neoliberal policies pushed by the organization. And since then, every year on September 10th, all the members and allies of La Villa Campesina remember Lee's sacrifice and mobilized against the destructive policies that are forced upon small-scale farmers through bilateral, regional, and multilateral trade agreements. And that's it for today. Further information about the news covered in this episode can be found in the description box. More news coming up soon in our next podcast. And in the meantime, you can visit bilateral.org.